You're listening to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. I am your uh, special lead host today, your boy Evan. I was happy to have Kelvin, Phil, and our special guest co-host, Akeisha Harris. This is our NBA episode, and so we're about to get right to it. Uh, this week, the season started. All the speculation has come to the side. We, we, we are seeing what the real teams are looking like. And, 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 and I want to know, what has been your takeaway of the Brooklyn Nets, KD, Kyrie, basketball? Well... I've been a Knicks fan for 44 years. <laughs> and I think 1985, I was probably, I was just nine years old when we got Patrick Ewan. And, you know, 95, I cried. And I was reminded by my high school classmates that Jordan is the best. 99, I thought it was going to happen again. In 2000, and when Melo and the team, 2013, I think it was, with Jeremy Lin and then Melo and Starmeyer. After 44 years, I think I can't take this abuse no more. I was born in Brooklyn. I used to work down the street at the hospital when we're at the Barclays Center say. I walked up and down that streets of Brooklyn for almost 27 years before I moved out. And because of the neglect of the owner, James Dolan, I'm putting my application for those nets. They look so sweet. Winning felt so good. Rooting for the team. Oh, oh, oh. So as of now, Inter James Dolan has left the organization New York Nick. I am moving my transfer papers I've put in for the Brooklyn Nets. I said it. I said it. This is contingent upon James Dolan. They look so sweet. He's unstoppable. They were, oh my goodness. Oh, I'm going. I'm gone. I'm crossing over to the dark side. Barclays Arena. I'm mine. I'm sold. I am sold. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad because um, before you finished, I was definitely going to offer you some cheese for that wine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so 44 years, that's a long time. That's a long time to be in a bad relationship. But I'm glad you got out. I'm really excited for Brooklyn because KD and Kyrie we can expect some great things from these two players but I think the mark of a great player is to make their teammates even greater we don't need we know they're going to put up numbers and I think a lot of times when you have superstars you know come on teams they know what it feels like to almost be in a shadow so I think they're old enough now and they have enough experience to train up others they have enough shine where they can just, it doesn't have to be all about them. So I think that's what, that's what I'm more excited to see. And plus they have Steve Nash. What? He's like one of the most efficient players and I love efficiency. He makes the game simple. So I think that's going to be absolutely phenomenal for Kyrie. And I think that will just put a lot of people, a lot of the other players at ease when they see, you know, that he's coming here as a team player and not just a, another spotlight. So, yeah. I, I, you know what? I would like to disagree with y'all, but I can't. Um, 
for the simple fact you guys made some sense. Uh, this guy, Kyrie, the, the sage, it must be working. Um, whatever's going on, he's, he's doing a good job. Uh, they look good, man. Um, and like Keish was saying, they are, are efficient, too. Like, they're, they're shooting, like, probably above 50% both between the two of them. They're not taking crazy shots. They're not – none of them I shot – I don't think shot over 20 times a game yet. Um, they got a, a – they got depth and on the bench. They got a good coaching staff. They got a lot of experience, as she pointed out, too. I mean, as a Sixers fan, I'm hurt because, I, I you know, I, I want to – Phil, I feel your pain, but I'm not a bandwagon like you, by the way. I'm not going to let you slide on that. You're a bandwagon. But – Taking applications. Come on. Listen, this – Sixers has, haven't won the championship since 1983. I wasn't born yet. I, wasn't born. So I, I haven't experienced the championship either. But that doesn't, that doesn't give me license to just keep jumping. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm not trying to hear that jumping thing you're doing over there. Stick with your Knicks, man, so we can grind you up the whole year. But other than that, man, I think you guys are right. I feel like Brooklyn is scary. Um, Kyrie figured it out with the Sage and KD figured it out when nobody's really an actual coach on the team. He said, we all coaches. So I, something is going right in Brooklyn right now, man. But I'm hoping I'm hoping it's a collapse. I'm hating because I hope it's a collapse because I want the Sixers to do so. So here's my thing, right? I, I think I think Brooklyn's look really good, right? I mean, there's no there's no denying Brooklyn's look good. Here is my takeaway, though. I think it's too soon to tell. My main reason being, what team is, I mean, the Warriors, I mean, the Warriors at this point might as well be in the NCAA. They're not, they're not, not going to be uh, uh, competing. But two, Boston, I don't see Boston as a defensive juggernaut. I don't see them as a, as institute, as a team that's going to, you know, make another team work to score. And so, um, what I want to see, and when I put my declaration of how good I think they'll be, uh, I want to see them play against stauncher defensive teams. And the reason I say that is because Brooklyn ain't going to play defense. Let's, let's not lie to ourselves. Brooklyn ain't going to play defense. And so what do they look like if you're able to affect them on the defensive end of the court? Now, KD, you know, KD is unguardable, but you can take away Kyrie. So if just KD is going off and you take away everyone else, uh, the Larry Brown approach to how to beat the Lakers, let let Shaq and Kobe get theirs, lock these other sorry bums down. Now, granted, like you said, Brooklyn is deep. There you go. Brooklyn you, is deep. You don't have too many sorry bums. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yep. You got, you got Spencer, you got Allen, you got LaVert, LaVert. you got right. Harris that can shoot threes. I mean, right. you don't have too many. I don't know if you can take that Larry Brown approach on this team. Well, I think you can. I think you can. And, and here's why. All they did was they said, let them get what they want and lock down where you are everywhere else. And but I that's think. Not, who you going to lock? You, you can't lock down these guys, I'm saying. Like, these guys are starters on any other team. Like, I, I don't think you could just lock down. These guys, none of these guys have, have all stars behind their name. I, I mean, because, I mean, it's, we can have some reasons for that, too. They, 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 have, their, they have their own team. They have their own team prior to getting there, and they were the equivalent of the Clippers. You know, you had Lou Will, Montres, Harrell, you know, he did all that stuff. Why is that equivalent of Clippers? I don't mean Clippers curse. I'm saying, like, you had good players. So I'm not saying these guys are bums, but I'm also not calling them unguardable. Oh, yeah. I know we have to say unguardable. 
It's a luxury. Yeah, it's, the, a the, the, it's a luxury, right? They they remind me a lot of that Warriors team when when um before KD got there, when it was Steph and Clay and just a really deep team, really hard to beat. So I think here's here's my takeaway. I think that I'd like to see them play against the Raptors because the Raptors are a strong defensive team. Now the problem right. is Raptors don't have any offense. Oh, oh, and two right now. Yeah, yeah. Hey, like I said, it's still early. Number two, I want to see them play against the Sixers. Now, granted, I, like I said before, I don't think the Sixers are going to the finals this year. I don't think that at all. Not yet. Not until we get a trade. <laughs> but two, I think that if there's anybody in the NBA that will make KD work, it's going to be Ben Simmons. A 6'10", Mobile and, and and don't get twisted. Ben Simmons is stronger than KD, and he can move as fast as KD. He's the fastest guy with the ball in his hands in the NBA right now. I, I'm not saying that on speculative speculation. I'm saying that's what data's showing. So I think he, if anyone, he'll make KD make the take the tougher shots. If anyone, you're showing you a homer right now, man. <laughs> He's showing you a homer. I agree. All I'm saying is let it play out. Let them them play each other. Like I said, I don't think that the Sixers are better than Brooklyn. I want to see them play Brooklyn because I think it'll be easier for Sixers to score because I don't think Brooklyn's a defensive team. It'd be a good matchup. That's my point. You'll get your wish on on January January 7th. That's my takeaway. Well, I'm not looking forward to that game right now. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> we can't guard. There's nobody going to be able to guard Kyrie on that team. And nobody's going to be able to – like like what you're saying, right, Evan, and I know we're going to transition, right, but what you're saying is just take away – like just let – I don't know if you're saying just take away their top two stores. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying that's an approach a team will have to take against yeah, like, but it's A like, team like Boston will have to take that approach. Yeah, who 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 – like how how easy is it to say take away those top two scores? But no 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 no. I, I I said I said you were talking about the Brown scenario. Not the, no, I'm talking about you said take away. You said something about Larry Brown approach. Let the let those two. Well, Larry Brown's approach was let them score and then lock down everywhere else. Yeah. Single, single coverage, their two best players. Let them get what they want, but force the other players to beat you. Yeah yeah. How that worked out? Um, uh, they won. <laughs> No, they they lost in the finals. Pistons beat them. The Pistons beat them. Pistons won that one year against the Lakers. Okay, that was his approach. Let these two guys, let Kobe and Shaq have their way. Lock down everywhere else. But my argument is, it's a different bench over there than the Lakers bench. True. True. So I'm saying I'm a wait and see. They're dangerous. They're scary. But if anyone in the NBA is able to make – and here's the thing, guys. By no means do I think you shut down a KD or a Kyrie. So this is not what I'm saying, oh, we're going to shut them down. I'm saying make them work. When 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 Andre Godala guarded LeBron in that finals, what do you do? LeBron put 50, but he took 35 shots. But we, we struggled against Brooklyn without AD and Kyrie, if you remember. We struggled. We struggled. Yeah. You talking about last season? Yeah, we struggled. You talking about the bad sixes last year? 
Yeah, I'm talking about the team from last year. You're talking year. about the bad Sixers last year struggling. Yeah, they're oh. a bad team. Oh, so now we're good. We just all of a sudden just just a good team. Doc disorder, Doc Rivers. I'm saying the Sixers obviously have to get better. Right, we we're, it's, it's we're early in the better. season. They're 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 putting stuff together. The team they are today will not be the team they are at the end of the season. If Maury does his job, I'm saying talent wise, they're going to have to learn to fit. I mean, this one week training camp doesn't help you implement a new offense and new pieces. That's his facts. Uh, did for Brooklyn. Brooklyn's had two years together. Katie's been with the team for a year, and he's watching. He knows the flow now. It's new coach, but it's not like Katie is like a whole new guy. I'm he never with played with them before, though. He never played with them before. Okay. He had a whole two years knowing he's playing with this team, and to talk with Kyrie, know what Kyrie does, know how Kyrie works. I give it to you, man. Okay. So, take away some teams that need make key acquisitions. What are your takeaways? We have uh, the Wizards who added Russell Westbrook. We have Portland who made a lot of moves and changes with their their defensive approach to a team. You have the um, you can't really look at the Rockets because they had COVID. They missed one game, and then the other the whole team hasn't been back yet, so we can't include the Rockets. The Suns who added Chris Paul, and then you have the Brooklyn Nets, obviously. But we talked about them. So, what are your takeaways thus far in Week One from these teams? Well, my takeaway so far, aside from the Nets, my new favorite team, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that, you know, the Lakers, you know, I'm going to give them a pass because of the ring ceremony. You know, they were, they were, you know, overwhelmed joy and so forth. So, you know, I let them slide. So, but what they done to the, I saw some of the highlights they did to what they did to Dallas, which to me is a, is a uh, playoff team. So those key components kind of really, say that they, they're, they're, they're the threat. Uh, what the Clippers did, you know, it was supposed to call revenge game. Eh, I don't trust them. You know, it's like that bad date. You know, everything went wrong, but the girl says to me, and a girl said, oh, we got, it'll be something different. And then again, as long as that playoff P, I don't trust that team. So Phoenix looks good. I'm going to give them time, you know, point guard to acclimate, you know, Chris Paul one game had only eight points and they still got one, a win. They won and won. So, but to me, the Lakers, despite um, aside from the Nets, the Lakers look good. The Wizards looks bad. Um, Clippers look okay. Don't trust them. And Phoenix look like they're doing what they need to do. I'll give them time. I don't, I don't think the Wizards look bad. I think the Wizards have looked decent for adding a Russell Westbrook and make, trying to make things work. I think I think the Wizards look decent, even though they're 0-2. Um, before, yeah, let's, let's, let's stay on that real quick. Cause I actually do my, my team to pick was the wizards, you know, even though they're owing two, is because one reason that I want to pick them is because they're struggling in the front court right now. Um, but I like how bill and, uh, Russell Westbrook are playing off each other. I do like that, but when they get Hachimura back and, support that front court I feel like they're going to be a better team and I feel like they're going to make a little bit more noise I feel like he's up and coming he's a good player I really like his game and I feel like he's the piece that might make them a slight bit relevant but another team that we forgot to mention was Atlanta um I don't like Atlanta's brand of basketball because 
my my guy Trey Young thinks he's a light skinned Iverson for some reason. I, I, don't, I don't I don't I don't I'm not respecting that. Um, but they got a lot of pieces in their deep. So the two the two teams I would say probably under the radar wise would be Atlanta and the Wizards. One team I'm kind of disappointed in, um, and it's still early, right? One team I'm kind of disappointed in is Phoenix. I thought they would start stronger, but I think what's going to short off season, because even the preseason, they didn't really look strong. So not looking strong in the preseason and being one-on-one to start the season is kind of concerning for me. But obviously with someone like Chris Paul, I think you'd be able to see where they will be mid-season and be able to say, okay, where do you think they will be as a team? Are you talking about the bubble champions, the uh, Phil's bubble champions? <laughs> the best team in the bubble. In the bubble. <laughs> what you think, Keish? I think it's just still too early. You know, it's just like everybody's working out the kinks, getting used to each other. It, basketball is a long season. So when anybody is 0-2, 0-5, yeah, okay, you can still recover because they play a lot of basketball. So I think that's going to be many of these teams saving grace is that they can fix it on the go and you have the pieces to fix it. So I'm not really, you know, concerned. I'm not making a declaration over any of these transitions just yet. Respect that. Respect that. And I like, and I like uh, the Hawks, as uh, Kel alluded to as well. Yeah, like, like, like she was saying though, like basketball wise, yeah. it's like Evan, you said it too. It's going to take a while for those teams to really adjust to each other, especially the ones that got new pieces. So we really can't tell. But the thing about it is, everything has to be kind of like sped up because it's a seventy-one. It's a shorter season. Yeah. So even though it's like the the team that adjusts the quickest is the team that's probably going to be the most successful and set themselves up uh, right in the playoffs. But I think it's going to be, it might be a funny playoffs too, because it's going to be somebody clicking at the right time, you know, and that team, and that team might mess around, be a six, seven seed where if they had an 82 game season in a regular training camp, they may have been a fourth seed, third seed. So I think that's something we got to factor in, but just for the sake of like, if we got to speak now, you know, that's the only reason I picked those two those two teams I named, but I do agree with you guys. Keish. Huh. So yeah. many of us this week have been, well, not this week, this last few weeks have been uh, subject to watching the hardened drama unfold in, in Houston. Uh, obviously, earlier this week, there was a, a picture that dropped, I think it was a video actually, with him, not a strip club, much like um, Haskins, uh, but him out there with no mask at a strip club, and he was held out for quarantine for the first few games of the season. Rockets, as you said before, they uh, it just so happened that the players that were actually there caught COVID because the coach caught COVID, which is, you know, interesting in and of itself. But um, obviously there's a report this week that he had altercations with players. Now, I don't think any of the altercations were physical uh, or anything like that, but just he was not getting along with his players. But then... This man who's out of shape clearly shows up and puts up 44 and 17 against um, the improved defensive Portland Trailblazers. Um, so one, where do you guys think Harden ends up? I really hope he ends up a 76er. <laughs> and stay away from the Nets. The Nets do not need anything extra. Um, in reality, I would like him to go really to probably Portland 
that'd be a good team for him to really, you know, start off there offensively because they, 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 they run an offense where, you know, is litter his turn, CJ your turn, here a little Carmelo, here Canta, but it's really here go there, but nothing really constructive. So I think he'll flourish in that type of system where, you know, ball dominant guards and then pass it. This assist will be up. So I would like him to go Portland, stay away from the Nets, stay away from the Nets, stay away from Nets. But if you really want to do me a favor, go to the 76s and mess up everything there. Well, I don't think Harden is a mess up talent. I just think that he won't fit in a team like Brooklyn because you have a ball dominant Kyrie and a ball dominant Harden. And there's going to be conflict there. I also think Portland would just be much of what he's already dealing with. So, you know, I think the Rockets have put a decent team around him, to be honest, if he ever chose to stay there. But he's obviously has his mindset on going elsewhere. Yeah, I agree with that. It looks like he's throwing a tantrum. And that's just what I can't. I just can't. When professional athletes do things haphazardly because they you're not giving them what they want. Yes, I know it's a business. Yes, I know you're sacrificing your body, putting it on a line, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, my man, you have like you have got to relax. Like I'm sure <laughs> it's a better way than you just showing out for you to be able to get what you want. Because at this point, if I trade you, who am I going to get to replace you? And yes, James Harden puts up, you know, a lot of points, but he also takes a lot of shots. Like, I don't, you know, he's okay. But I'm like, of course you're going to get 44 when you shoot 120. Like, you should have had 120 points. <laughs> and it's like, okay, that's that's nice. I'm glad you got so many points, but I'm good with math. What's your percentage, my darling? You know what I mean? So I don't, I don't really, not to sound heartless, I don't care where he goes. Okay, because <laughs> he's going to do the same thing. He's not a change. He's not a change agent for me. He just doesn't have that quality. He's just going to go and play. He's just like the boy from the wreck who travels the city, different gyms, playing at the wreck, and like, oh, he's nice, of course, because y'all just let him do what he wants and take as many shots because you, you know, you think he's so miraculous. Boy, bye, whatever. <laughs> Wherever he goes, fine. If he stays, great. I don't care. <laughs> This is crazy, right? Because I'm actually going to agree with Phil. Yeah, this is crazy. Because, like, I do want him on the Sixers. And here's why. The Sixers are struggling with wing scoring. Ben Simmons is still a crash dummy right now. He goes to the lane with no purpose but to crash into you and just kick it out randomly and try to find somebody. So it's like Harden will be a solution. We already got a good defense. If we can keep our team and add Harden and say, Harden, yeah, we, we really desperately need somebody on the wing to score the ball. Tobias Harris is, is, is missing. He's, he robbed us already. You know, he's getting, a, he's getting the most on the team probably, one of the most on the team, and is producing the less. So we can really use somebody like Harden, and uh, he'll, make us, he'll make us better. But but to answer Evan's question, I think the best fit for him, crazy enough, is the Celtics. I think if he goes to the Celtics, um, he's a better closer than than, uh, than uh, Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum is very wet behind the ears right now. And for some reason, he relies on last-second shots, step-back three-pointers with seven seconds left on the clock. I'm still 
it still blows my mind that he consistently doing it. It blows my mind. But I think Harden might be an answer for that team. Um, and I also thought about uh, the Raptors um, because they play defense, like Evan said, but they struggle offensively right now. So if he went to the Raptors, he can add that. He can add that. They got enough pieces to hide him on defense, but they had a scoring power too. Uh, so, you know, those would be my top three teams. I would go biasly. I would go to Sixers, but I think the Celtics next and maybe the Raptors third uh, with a, with a, uh, with a, with a hidden fourth piece being the Mavs because they might they desperate right now, so that might be at my hit for. I don't think I don't know how that will work because they both ball dominant players, him and Luca. But I think Luca can adjust because he's just a high IQ player. So, so um, I, I, I like I like your your positioning for Harden. I I think I, honestly I think of all teams you said I think the best thing would be the Raptors. Um. Only problem is I don't think the Raptors have assets that can get him off of Houston. Like you no, know, no, they, no. Here's here's the problem. There's no strip clubs in Toronto, so I don't think well, he's going. Hey, he's in Tampa for right now. Tampa okay. for a season. Strippers though, you don't have to go to the club. You can just get a room, make sure everybody's sanitized, take their temperature, and. Haskins. Okay, I got you, Keith. You're right. <laughs> um, People are less as if yeah. you as if you need ten to catch it, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I think with the Celtics, there's going to be a clash, right? I, I, I just look at, I look at Harden like I look at Kyrie, not in terms of like mentality and talent, but you know, Kyrie has some real issues on the Celtics after they start doing well without him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Boston is going to be as strong defensively this year as they as they've been in times past, because um, I think you're going to have to give up to get him. You're going to have to give up Jalen Brown. And some other pieces. And so you're right. I think Harden's the better closer. I just feel as if wherever Harden goes, he's always had conflict with his best players. And then number two, my concern with Harden is, and this is why, and and this may sound childish, but the only reason why I don't want him on the Sixers is we already have guys who don't show up in the playoffs. And Harden has apparently not showed up in the playoffs. And so I'm saying to myself, why add another guy who is just like, it, it's, it's been my whole life watching the Sixers and be like, oh my gosh, what, what's going on? Like we should have won this game. And then, oh my gosh. And I feel like with Harden, I, you know, I think from a, from a mindset, like he feels like the perfect piece to just plug in there and plug and go. Um, I don't, I think it's impossible to get, get, to get him without giving up Ben Simmons at this point. But I think if he makes it bad enough, they're like, look, please take him. <laughs> please just take him. Um, That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think, I think you have to give up. If it gets to that point, it would be Harris. Praise God. Um, Shake and Maxie. And a couple firsts. And then that will will get him out of there. If you get to that point in the season where it's like, look, this is just, he done punched Steven Silas in the face in public on national TV. Like, we got to get rid of him. Like, like when the Sixers decided to trade AI, they said, look, don't even come to the facility. Just stay home. Stay home. Don't got to practice. We're going to trade you. You know, I think if he makes it like that, then yeah. But um, I'm not sure. But I, I, as a, as a, 
as a talent, my concern too, even on Sixers, him and Embiid eventually are going to have conflict. Mm-hmm. Inevitably. Embiid's a, uh, Embiid is dramatic. He's a, he's a, a lot of melodrama. Yes, like an only child. Right. I think his best fit, honestly, is alongside with Ben Simmons. But the problem is they're both ball dominant. And then, yeah. So um, I don't see Harden as a guy that turns your team into a contender. Right. I mean, he's done well with the with the Rockets. They but they've built around him. They move pieces in and out. And I mean, I'll never forget him playing against the Warriors. The game was in their hands. And he just disappeared in game seven in Houston. See, see, this is the thing about it though. What, what I think we looking at, I think Harden is looked at as the focal point. If he's a shared piece on a team, I think the team becomes more successful. If he lessens his role and responsibility, like, like for instance, like if he came for the Sixers, let Ben hold the ball, let you be the scorer, let him be be the post up guy. You know what I'm saying? If he if he if he kind of like not been a centerpiece, not dribbled the ball 25 times a possession, but you know took a role as a designated scorer on the team, we can hide him defensively too. I feel like we could uh, if we kept him with Ben with Ben and Embiid. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but I feel like if he if he did that, just took a scorer's role mentality and not the guy that had to have a ball on his hand all the time, he can make a team better and put a team over. But if you just if you just feature him as that guy like you did in Houston, when you just let him just you know play and one mixtape and do whatever he want to do, then I feel like that's when you got the problematic heart. But look, he had Chris Paul with him. Chris Paul. That was his best year though, Phil. Yeah, that's the thing, and he still got rid of him. No, so no. my thing is, okay, yeah, then you say he still got rid of him. You know, he kind of said trade him until he gets to his twilight years. He's not gonna give up what's made him MVP, what made him successful, made him an all star, which is ball dominant. Unless he comes to the point in his career, like look past his prime, when he says, I'm not gonna win, I have to literally jump on somebody else's team and become the third option, second or third option. He's not giving up his style. Why would you give us a style, your trade secret that made you successful? Your get you sneakers, get you um, MVP vote, MVP trophy, um, All Star, and everything. You're not just gonna give it up. So I don't see it happening. Well, this has been a rich conversation, a rich episode. We've enjoyed having our special guest Akisha uh, on the pod. We hope to have her back again sometime. Uh, what I will say is, tell us what you think about our Harden takes, and tell us what you think about Brooklyn. Uh, we'd love to engage our listeners. So if you see us on the post and you watch episode, listen to episode, whatever, you know, give us some feedback and we'd love to chop it up with you. Until next time, we out. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes. Please remember to follow us, like, share. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Our Facebook handle is at a lady and that is the and sign, some dudes. Our handle on Instagram is a lady and some dudes. Everything is spelled out. So that's a lady, A and D, some dudes. Until next time. <laughs>